You're listening to Pod of Wonder, the podcast that builds a world using random Wikipedia articles and then plays a game in that world. This season, it's divine felines and canines, a pantheon where every god is either a cat or a dog, metaphorically speaking. One of the ways in which I met them was the, them talking for two to three hours about how they didn't use shampoo mm-hmm. and how they felt that uh, bar soap was just as good and perhaps better, um, which I've succinctly summarized here, but it was probably the entirety of a big part of the afternoon talking about this. Okay. And... We became good friends, but as uh-huh. far as I know, this person did not ever use shampoo. And uh, Was this person assigned male or female at birth? Uh, presented as male. I didn't really ask the question at the time. That feels like it tracks, though. It, it does. I was thinking about conversations about showering that I had with people in college who were raised male, and they seemed to sort of follow along that kind of line. Like, <sighs> wait. So you don't wash your legs, I would say. And they would say, oh. well, no, the soap will just drip down them, right? Mm. Oh, mm. monsters. Would you eat off of a dish that, you know, you had a dirty in the sink and washed another dish, like, vertically above? Would you consider that dish that you did not wash also clean? That's a very, very good uh comparison for the situation mm-hmm. and mm. yeah no that's yeah. how i feel about it yeah maybe no. if it were a hair dish or something if it were a hair dish like a dish made out of like hair a- or a dish designed to hold hair maybe one and then the other i don't know hmm, well both of those things sound nasty yeah I'm also thinking of more products that I I've seen in stores like marketed towards men that are like five in one, like yeah. it's sham- shampoo, <clears throat> conditioner, body wash, shave gel, and I don't know, lubricant or something yeah. like, <laughs> like those are all very different functions applied to like different parts of your body. Like mm-hmm. you can't, you I I don't want one thing that does all those things because I don't think it will do any individual one particularly well. Yeah. Mm. And I sort of agree, but um, at the same time, there was a very large period of my my life when I was very interested in Dr. Bronner's. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think washing dishes, washing your whole body, brushing your teeth with it. Really? It's not as pleasant as it seems like it might be. No. No. I mean, it doesn't seem like a pleasant product at all based on the label and its numerous shouted beliefs at you. Right. And I sort of wonder about that. I I don't know where that came from. I always assumed that it was because you would be taking it backpacking because you could use it as a lubricant and a dishwashing soap and a uh, fire starter and whatever else. And you just had nothing to read along the way. So it was just efficiency. So it was sort of like, what What was it meant to be marketed as? 12 in one or something? I, I'm not one of those sorts of people who has, you know, 5,000 bath products. You know, I like to keep it somewhat limited. But I, 
Yeah, Dr. Bronner. Also, what about the burning? What about the burning? What about the burning? When you, there are certain parts of a person's body that are more tender than other parts. And Mm -hmm. Dr. Bronner's always seemed a a little rough. rough Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've definitely experienced some burning there. But my thought has always been at the time, the joy of this is that eventually it will stop. Yeah. <laughs> and it will be so much more enjoyable when it stops. Mm. I'm suddenly reminded of the time that my brother told me he used toothpaste as a lubricant. No. One, one, mm. one and only time. Yeah. That's, that's not even the right kind of thing. It's an abrasive. Yeah, well, I don't know. He was young, and he was just advising me this is not a good idea. So a bracing young lad, essentially. Yeah. (laughs) I may have to duck out a little bit early. I have some friends in town. Today is one and only opportunity to see them. Uh, So I will probably have to leave around 8.30. Okay. I think this will be just a quick, weird no rules, just right kind of thing. So we can absolutely get you out of there. Well, I mean, I can also just stop at 830. Yeah, you can also just <laughs> stop. Plenty, plenty more to continue. Yeah, I mean, take it on I the road. Make, I can even make some sort of drastic comment and then just drop off the podcast for a shock value. Oh, yeah. I've had it up to here with this nonsense. Exactly. Kick over microphone, storm off. <laughs> Guess it'd be a high kick since it's up on your your desk. Yeah, it might it might be easier to punch. Really, <laughs> it's more in punching or biting territory. Maybe while we are or are not waiting, we can figure out what exactly we're going to be doing. Hmm. A thing that we said that we were going to do is you know build out the world a little bit once we've made a couple of gods. Mm-hmm. And like, do we want to build that off, like, kind of free form, making shit up? Do we want to involve random articles? Do we want to involve the articles we didn't use? Maybe. Hmm. What did we not use? Uh, let's see. We did not use Bisbee Mill or Powderhouse Island or Crossfingers, God's Man. List of things named after Heinrich Antun Lawrence. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Bazzy Tankersley. Do we, do we use ghostly desires? I don't think so. I feel we used the dome house thing, right? I don't think we did. I don't think we did. did. I really like the dome house. What did we end Oh, right. That, Tolga. Okay. Yeah, because we were thinking the dome house made more sense for a. Uh, Space than a person. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, we could do old articles or newer articles or just start talking. Well, it occurred to me that we we sort of had a lot of stuff having to do with uh, commerce going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which made me wonder if that was a thing that was worth focusing on. And I guess my inclination might be a little bit no. Okay. <laughs> I'm thinking just based off of some of the things that we, we have created, particularly uh, Tolga and Featherstick is like 
these very broad but kind of specific um, God, I guess, kind of like themes or domains. And so like for, for something that like that is kind of a universal experience that doesn't necessarily happen to you all that often, normally, like for to, to like to have a God of uncertainty or sudden changed, like does that mean that uncertainty and southern and sudden change are like very frequent in this world? Like are these powerful forces? So it could be like a very small uh, society like on a volcano on a tiny island or something where everything's just wild all the time. Mm. Or it could be a, I don't know, a group of people who, uh, a group of troglodytes that live in like a cave, a cave network. Um, and they've lost sense of the entrance or something. something. Well, I guess Mm. there's, and 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 it's just a very like close knit, very I don't know like, str- like strange community. Yeah, yeah, that that's maybe a a good place to start as far as the world goes, like because our gods are metaphorically cats and dogs. Like, who are the people of this world? Like, are they humans? Are they? non-metaphorical cats and dogs? Are they something else? Mm. I can't think of of anything we've come up with that kind of points one way or another. So it really comes down to our preference. I think I prefer for them to not be literally cats or dogs insofar Mm -hmm. as then the creatures are sort of embodying this continuum in some kind of literal way true if if being a metaphorical cat or dog is like of cosmological significance then like having mortals also be cats and dogs like maybe confuses that or or diminishes it or complicates it in some way yeah i think it complicates it in the way of then the creatures in the world sort of align themselves not necessarily with like uh the better or the worse gods or something like that but with god some specific gods in general who are also on that continuum or something like that yeah like you would seek out the the deities that whose image you are made in or vice versa what if there was a massive earthquake in a city and uh, and some of the structures uh, sank under the ground, and people live under there. And one of the structures that it was most well preserved was an animal shelter, and all of the pictures of cats and dogs up on the on the walls uh, somehow took on. They were like they discovered the. Uh, you know, many, many generations ago discovered the, uh, the chamber and they were like, this must be the, <clears throat> the hall of the gods. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that kind of as, as a way of viewing what we're doing as kind of like an after the fact, like archeological, 
like, oh, this, like, these are our temple engravings, what we're coming up with. And, like, people are kind of extrapolating from the, the drawings or the texts information about this pantheon. So is this uh, archaeology from the outside, or is this sort of like, whatever that other term would be, if there is a term for this, sort of like self-archaeological discovery? Um, per- hmm. Yeah, I guess, I guess as people making the world, it maybe isn't good to like frame ourselves as part of it. Unless we want to be like unreliable narrators of our own podcast, which I feel like we are, but not on purpose. Oh, right. And that gets kind of complicated, I guess. Yeah. So scrap the, that part of it, but I, I do like the like post disaster, like underground temple ordeal though. Like not necessarily like as a thing being discovered, but like as a a record of civilization that people mm, are turning yeah, yeah. to. So so maybe you know the subway system has uh, bunches of it have collapsed, and as people you know dig further, maybe they discover more and more locations of the former world. Is that kind of what you mean, or? Uh, a little bit like we we i think we've said multiple times that the gods we're discussing are not the only gods of this world but mm. i i think maybe the things that we are creating are of importance in the moment like you know uncertainty and like sudden dramatic change uh childhood mischief uh combating authority like i don't know if we said that these are like the newest gods or or what but i I like the idea that the weird things are you know maybe a little more out there a little more like the the big gods are taken and we need new gods and these are the new gods that cat and dog are making Mm. Right, so there's gods of the old world before the disaster, and these are the new gods that are cropping up after new gods with new purpose. Like, so there are new purposes that need to be fulfilled, and so new gods are are cropping up to fill those purposes. Yeah, like I'm I'm thinking about our world, the. You know, the big world religions are are very broad and, you know, they have uh, opinions on everything. But, like, if you were creating uh, a bunch of gods, like, in, in in our modern world, you, like, how often would you turn to a god of fire or a god of thunder or whatever, like you, you, you would turn to the, the God who turns on the light in your refrigerator or the God who keeps you dry as you run from your car to a building. Like <laughs> little, of- very specific gods. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tax returns. Yeah. The God of licking a stamp. So I'm wondering uh, if this is underground um, we've already established things like the existence of forests and cities and um, 
worms and whatever. And also, the I guess the ocean too. But all of those things can be underground. But what that makes me think of is this can still be underground, but it would potentially need to be underground in a very large and uh, roofily distant way. Like distant from a roof or like ruining the distance? Well, I mean, we might rue the distance to the roof, but what I'm thinking is that um, there would need to be something that is cavernous enough to allow for these large structures and these large, like, ecological existences underground. Mm. I think there are cave systems that are like that. Yeah. 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 And maybe, like, going back to, like, a basic root idea, maybe the creatures, the, the humans or whatever of this world, like the the outs they've retreated into like underground and caves because the outside world is like very dangerous right and maybe that can be like why they don't worship these big concepts as well is because the the big concepts are are kind of scary like yeah a, a god of fire like no uh, underground that would create a lot of uh like smoke it, it could be very dangerous to the structures like fire is an outside thing and we don't mm. mess with the outside right and maybe the god of fire or the god of thunder or whatever are are large enough entities that they wouldn't really in some kind of literal way fit down here and and they really actually just can't get down here right and you don't want to draw their attention either cuz to do that would disturb mm-hmm. you know these 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 gods uh, have very destructive sides, and um, and perhaps that was part of what drove the society underground. They want to keep let's keep our distance from those gods. Yeah, like it, it's not like our people are like hiding in a cave, like shivering. Like we've right. we've established, you know, there are like different locations because of. What's his face? Because Fawcett uh, is a traveling bookstore, so it, it goes to different towns. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the hot seat for uh, Fire Stick took place on a boat, so there's you know travel between these different areas. So it's it's a fairly developed society that happens to be underground, right? And so I guess what I'm thinking of. Is so we were talking about the possibility of this underground space, which you can only get to, th- or we've forgotten where the entrance and exit are. But the entrance and/or exit is large enough for cat and dog type deities to get in, but larger mm-hmm. deities, although they exist, they just can't fit in the hole. Yeah. So the god of fire knows where you are. But the hole is too little for a deity that large to to enter, so it can thunder around outside as much as it wants. But only cat dog gods are can fit through this hole, and that's sort of where this whole uh, set of deities could come to exist here. Michael, how many of these angels can dance on the head of a pin? Um, do we have pins here? Oh, that's a very good point. 
<laughs> Point. There, there should be an eye. There's got to be a pun with eye in it too. Oh yeah. Yeah, I have the needle. I don't. I don't know. Oh, I don't think we ever did settle on an answer. Are are these people humans? Are they human-like creatures or something else? Oh, that's a good question. Um, a small convention of furries. And it was <laughs> secreted away in the basement of a hotel uh, when the disaster happened and were spared the death that reached out into the rest of the world when it collapsed underground. Then I don't mean that to be a serious, because uh, <laughs> it's a serious suggestion, but <laughs> like humans, post-humans. I mean, I do like the core idea of a human wearing some kind of suit. Maybe not necessarily animal or for... Well, no, furries aren't necessarily uh, sexual in nature. But Oh, no, no, I don't think... right? Not at all, right? It's no. kind of just a... That's a subset of perverts, which is present in any hobby. Right. <laughs> Pervert being a non-judgmental uh, term, as I can make it. I mean, I think I think in general, adult perverts kind of embrace the term pervert. Like queers embrace the term queer at this point. Yeah, these days. So this was a Zizek conference from like 2012 that just fell into the ground. I mean, you want Zizek to be a character in this world? Well, maybe Zizek himself didn't actually fall, but everybody else who was there... I don't know the G- don't know the Zizak. What's the Zizak? No, no, no. no. The, this is just a very cheap joke based on what you were saying, which is uh, there's a documentary which I believe is called something like "The Pervert's Guide to Ideology." Fun. Zizak is this, yeah. I don't, it's this philosopher that Michael's been playing a lot of uh, speeches or, or talks to me from, who has these very like like disturbing tics mm-hmm. when they're speaking but i mean um, he also has strange ridiculous. movements but yeah uh, i i don't i don't think it's pertinent at all i guess no it is not it is not mm-hmm. useful or pertinent in any way <laughs> so people in suits then like a hazmat kind of suit because it's maybe a little dangerous or like a, a formal wear type suit is this the kind of thing where it would be formal wear, but because formal wear was worn for so long, there's a point at which it has biologically fused with the people wearing it? See, I thought about that idea when Maria talked about fursuits. Yeah. Like, are, are, are these kind of animal-y people? But I know we, at, at least we did not want them to be cats and dogs. Mm. It's an underground production of a mashup between West Side Story and Cats. So the Cats and the Sharks are played by people in cat suits and dog suits. And it was just, it was in the the earthquake happened during the huge, uh, you know, penultimate number when everyone was on. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that... I think that that does kind of answer maybe a larger unasked question of why do these people need so many 
highly specific gods and what if they're just very dramatic people <laughs> and people it's like oh if only there was a god of not stubbing your left toe so i wouldn't stub my left toe so much and then somewhere like on another plane of existence a, a tiny cosmological cat just wiggles a whisker and that god is created mm. <laughs> So is this uh, a population which is just sort of working through a musical number all the time? I mean, maybe not constantly. But I do at minimum like the idea that uh, like musicals and, and stage performances are considered like a high art form and like a, a, a part of daily life. Mm-hmm. Or possibly the other way around. Hmm. So what I'm thinking of here, and this is a terrible idea, is that the default way of moving through the world is in a musical number. And the high art would be either the moments between or the moments where it is just uh, non-musical communication. So everyone's singing and dancing all the time, and then someone... Pauses and doesn't aside. Pauses or doesn't aside, or does something other than participate in a musical number, and that itself becomes kind of the high art. That sounds exhausting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. We're just, we just become so absurd so quickly. Uh-huh. <laughs> Maybe try to to keep at least the, the real world somewhat grounded since we're letting, letting the gods be the weirdness. <laughs> Indeed. But, but I mean, I'm still liking the idea of like performance, maybe, maybe not quite in like a universal sense or like an, an internet sense where like you, you, everything you do is kind of meant for public consumption, but yeah, the idea that may, maybe just that I I don't want to turn this into like things aren't actually that great down here, but the the idea of like self performance as like a, a way of escapism, like like doing everything a little more like heightened and dramatic or like creating an unnecessary narrative to what you're doing just like an an added bit of fancifulness to daily life that isn't strictly necessary well that's how isn't that how we live our lives i mean that is how i live my life and i did not want to outright state that but (laughs) hello hello hi hi podcast i'm i'm morgan the late hi morgan i'm cat i'm cat dad (laughs) i am also cat dad cool so do we want to attempt to recap for morgan what we've come up with so far danny i would love for you to recap what we came up with for morgan so far because I would love to know what we have officially come up with. All <laughs> uh, right. So w- their pr- uh, people are probably humans. 
um, largely living underground by by choice. Uh, the you know the the surface world is kind of dangerous, mm-hmm. but uh, you know society underground is really really happening. It's not like they are hiding away in fear. They've got a a pretty well developed society uh, because we we talked about like multiple uh, towns and and boat trips and stuff in hot seat segments. Um, the outside is the, the the entrances and exits to outside are too small for uh, like big gods to get in like gods are like get, like the god of fire too big can't can't get in there so i i guess there's like a a correlation between like concept and physical size i suppose mm. um but you know, basically, like, kind of going off of the idea, like, what kind of society would need gods of uncertainty and combating authority through information? And, yeah, we we, we thought, oh, hey, this is probably a pretty developed society. Like, if these are what their worries are, if these are the kind of things mm-hmm. they need divine intervention for, it's you know, probably pretty advanced, probably, you know, not necessarily a, a very stable situation. And musical theater. Yeah. Uh, everything is a, a bit more dramatic and fanciful and maybe involves like a, an ongoing mental narrative in your head. Just like while you're out running an errand, you might imagine yourself as, as doing something much more important. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you might just create an ongoing story in your head. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of also kind of why the, the gods are very specific is that people are, are very dramatic. And so they have these kind of these very specific needs and like, Oh, if only there was, there was a God for that. And so a, a God gets made kind of, I think, should I mention the last thing I was talking about, or is that should I let that fly? Yeah, wherever we left off. So the last thing I was saying was, so a disaster happened over the world. A theater putting on an off-Broadway production of a mashup between the musical Cats and the musical West Side Story, featuring cats and dogs sank into the earth uh, long ago. And that is the genesis of this society. And that is a very silly, <laughs> stupid idea, but I, I wanted you to have the context of the last thing that... I love it. Okay. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I really like that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's just real, real Cats fucking weird. Story. <laughs> and it's very good. I'm yeah. so pleased. I I'm very happy about this. This is great. But yeah, like this is a, a general, like worldwide kind of snapshot. Like I don't know even if we want to get specific with it, but like these, like this is the basic world. These are the conditions under which these gods are are coming to be. 
So did all of Broadway and off-Broadway simultaneously descend into the earth? I mean, is there hushed tones about uh, somewhere off to the east there might be the the world of the Blue Man group or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, really? The world of the Blue Man group? <laughs> yeah. I... I like to think that maybe the in like the the initial collapse of like or the like the initial theater was you know kind of a a driving force in like society and as people spread out and created other cities like they they also carried on the the theatrical spirit and and maybe developed their own traditions. So so you can get your 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 Bloomin and your like Vegas style nightly reviews and like weird kind of offshoot experimental stuff. And also part of just like growing up as a a theater interested child in a rural area and and to Mm -hmm. this day it still kind of annoys me that like the idea of broadway has such a like over overarching influence on life and it's like all kind of centered up in one city Mm. and like like sure there's like touring companies and stuff but like musicals don't exist outside right. of Broadway. You're you're lucky if a Broadway <laughs> musical like comes to your town. Like right. let theater exist elsewhere. <laughs> if your local if your local dinner theater troupe decides to put on cabaret. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you know, if your your high school d- does musicals. It's just whenever you could get the rights to whatever was on Broadway and like, yeah. no musicals are ever created anywhere else. Right. That was a good rant. That That's that's a, a rant I had been sitting on for <laughs> 15 some years. Like the, mm, the, yeah. the only mm-hmm. plays that existed for me were like high school musicals and Broadway mm. cast albums. Because theater could mm-hmm. not exist anywhere else except Broadway, mm-hmm. right? I did. That is funny. Now that you bring that up, it's kind of true. And for that reason, when I was in college, we would sit around in a dorm room and try to come up with the large, like the idea for a very, <laughs> very large scale musical, and mm-hmm. develop it in the room to the best of our ability. Point one. Point two, uh, I very, very much dislike the musical cats. Cats themselves, I have a growing appreciation for. But (laughs) the actual musical, my my dad, once he was, you know, split up from my mom at the time, took us to see cats in Cahos, I want to say. Cahos again. Cahos. And uh, it was uh, like a uh, Tuesday night or something like that in the middle of winter. 
And before the show started, they announced uh, the understudies who were going to be in the show that night. And every single character in the entire show was played by an understudy. (laughs) What? So the entire show, I guess people couldn't get there or they were injured or they all got the flu or whatever it was. The entire show was only the understudies. And I guess what I'm thinking of here is... So you, your Broadway show descends into the earth <laughs> and then gets sort of recapitulated through different iterations until you get to... It's sort of like a, the Broadway version of Telephone or something like that. Oh, like um, Mr. Burns. Like Mr. Burns or... Um, I don't know why I'm thinking of all these personal stories. Uh, Can I bother you with another personal story? (laughs) Sure. Which was um, outside of my window one night, a group of grandparents got into a fist fight (laughs) on the hood of my car. And the grandparents were sort of taken away from each other, you know, so they wouldn't fight by their their children and then those children began to fight on the hood of my car and those people were pulled away by i guess their children or extended family or something like that so at a certain point the conflict that was happening on the hood of the car involved people who had nothing to do with the original argument so uh, so what i'm thinking of here is some sort of confluence between these two moments where it's sort of like the Broadway experience of the understudies and those become sort of the primaries. And then you have understudies of understudies of understudies. So you, you still have that same moment of performance, but it is so far away from what it was originally. And I have recently completed my medical <laughs> training and consider myself ready for a he was definitely trying to enter my computer. He wanted to go inside. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm just occasionally muting and unmuting myself because I have I have kitten noise and I have food in front of me. So, <sighs> uh, excuse me. Wow, I should have muted myself there. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I did that to myself. Yeah. So it's just another another Morgan burp that will live on the internet forever. I really talk. I really tell too many people about this podcast. <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> I mean, it's, just, it, it's kind of a, a show of of intimacy. Like I'm comfortable with you hearing me say nonsense and burp. <laughs> yeah. Also, like a good filter. Just like here, this is what I am like. <laughs> anyway, I keep latching on to I ideas based off of that last statement that are bad and or things that we said we wouldn't do. Oh, like what? 
you know, based on like what, what Mike was saying about like, like understudies and like Mr. Burns and like the idea of like what we come up with being like the view of, of an outsider or like someone in the world rather than omnipotent world creator type people. Like, like what, what if we are unreliable narrators of our own creation? (laughs) I do love an unreliable narrator. I think there's no other kind. That's very fair. So are you thinking that we, do we have enough developed about this world? Are you thinking that we like move into a sort of a specific, a question and answer period or? I don't even know. what what to do with this information now that it exists yeah, i don't know <laughs> Us, like some part of me is thinking maybe it it will be useful for the making a game part of the podcast mm. like mm. having this kind of theatrical framing available to us or like the the idea of you know, be, because we are making a a pantheon, like the kind of stories of the things that these gods do, mm. but both like as as events in the world and uh, like stories that the the underground humans tell. That's a fun thing. Is what event happened in the world? What is the story of the god that you tell about that event? Can you say more about that? Well, I mean, I don't know what to say more about it, but like, so if we have a God, what is, what are, what are the stories people tell about this God? There, there's always, you know, there's always a, you sit around at, at night and you, you tell tales of the stories of your God. So what event happened in this world that this God was very involved in? And I don't know, what is the story around it? Yeah. And going like way back to the idea of like framing the the god's actions as the reason for uh, natural phenomenon, like like you encounter this god and they're so beautiful that you you can't stop staring at them, and but what when you call out to them, you you only hear what you say, and, and that's why their echoes exist or something. Right, so it's like when the first people sank down from the surface of the earth and came here to live, there was one little cat girl, <laughs> I don't know, uh, named Judy. And one day she decided to see what was outside of the realms of her home, and she packed with her three things, then you list the three things, and and she began to walk, and she walked through the cave of of the glowing fungus and she walked by the uh, ocean under the earth that laps the shore. And then she came upon something, something. And before her, the God of blank arrived and said, and gave her this mission. I don't know, or something along those lines. I'm sure there's a fairy tale you could tell about. Yeah. Like that, that feels like it could be a like a game or or even something we do on the podcast is like you know take like each of us takes a god and like 
builds up a legend about them that has like a, a moral or an explanation about the world to it. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I, I got no, I got no clue what else to do with this. Like we just got a bunch of underground theater kids. Mm-hmm. The thing that I'm thinking of here, and it totally gets away from cat dog. So probably not is, um, the existence of rehearsal reports. Hmm. So like old stories, which are not um, directly related to the gods per se, but like blocking notes, mm-hmm. like collections of actual printed material, which corresponded to the original performance that descended into the earth. This doesn't go anywhere and is totally contrary to everything else we've talked about. Well, I mean, not necessarily. Are you saying those could be some sort of, like, arcane religious texts? Yeah, or, like, some original moral stories being, like, person 23 upstage left. You need to uh, move three steps down during the first four bars or whatever it is. And that mm-hmm. turns into like a story about the, the moral code of walking across the street or something. I'm sure that could be widely interpreted as many things. Interpreted, mm-hmm. interpreted. <laughs> well, it might start off as interpreted, but um, after a couple of generations, it is interpreted and that's, you know, what we use. How long have these people been here in the society under the earth hundreds of years at least mm. hundreds of, so several generations so there's there's no more memory of what it was actually like on the surface is there still a surface are there still individuals that live above mm. i mean i guess it doesn't matter right yeah, like I think maybe our focus is is on these underground people and their gods. Are there different townships and different? Are there different? Like how how diffuse is it? Are there different? What you would call like states or countries or? Well, we have heard tell of the Bloomins, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are do the Bloomins? Is it an organized society? Do the Bloomins live in their own country? Or are they just a, a an outlying group under this? How much how much is leadership in this community forefront? I think this is getting outside the the scope of what we're trying to do with this episode. At least the the specifics are probably you know useful things to have, but like as far as getting a. a general picture of the world i think we've kind of got that and maybe we can like revisit a bit later after we've made a a few more gods and yeah maybe like get down to like what does a a typical society look like Mm. yeah i think that's a good idea plus you've (laughs) you've gotten out at 8 30 so i want to give you a little little extra time (laughs) yeah i do I, I was just, you know, asking questions in case yeah, I yeah. answer them. I think we're at a, a good point for now. It, to the extent that I immediately got confused 
I think we're at a a, yeah. a a comfortable level of confusion. Oh, then I feel like maybe I'm confused too, because you always know what's going on. Oh, I I would not agree with that statement. <laughs> so, has the last twenty minutes been uh, Maria creating a world in their head that no one else has been party to, and? That was an oopsie? Hmm, no. No, I don't think that's true at all. No, no. Like, it's kind of in the spirit of the world to also create your own little world in your head. Mm-hmm. Okay. Extra magic. Just adding a little little necessary magic to your life. Okay. And, yeah. Done. I'm Danny. Any pronouns are fine. And I, I, I was going to say I was, I was <laughs> clean, but cause I took a shower, but that was over an hour ago. I'm Morgan. He, they pronouns. And I'm late and have a tiny weird kitten running around. Great. <laughs> mm-hmm. The late great Morgan. <laughs> yes. And also Soot Sprite. Sprite. I'm Maria and I use they them pronouns and I have the rest of Soot Sprite's family running around causing trouble. <laughs> Over here. <laughs> Anyone want a kitten? Anyone want a kitten? Kittens for sale. Kittens for <laughs> sale. Yeah. My, the 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 kitten that I got is the best and extremely hey, sweet and an absolute angel. Also very stinky, but that's okay. <laughs> This has been Pod of Wonder. You can follow us on Twitter at Pod of Wonder. And you can buy some t-shirts and stickers and stuff at society6.com slash pod of wonder. Danny can be found on Twitter at DannyPlaysRPGs. And you can find the games Danny makes at DannyMakesRPGs.itch.io. Morgan can be found on Twitter at MorganTheFay. Faye spelled F-A-E because I know there's like eight different ways to spell Faye. Mike and Maria aren't on social media, like any good unfathomable cosmic being. Our opening theme is Opening by Komiku. Our closing theme is Music is Divine Inspiration by Johan Vandegrift. See you next time, Wanderers. Wanderers.